get your website up and figure out your sales process. Um, cause I, I think that's been the hardest, hardest businesses to work with is when they don't have a clear sales process. So we yeah. can get you all the web traffic you need and want, right? Like we can set up ads, we can do everything organically that we know how, but if you don't have a way to close, um, then it's all for naught. So figure out your sales process, figure out how to, how you close people, um, figure out like, yeah, like what you actually need to do to increase revenue. And then it's like the most agency owners that, um, that are good at what they do will help you figure out those channels to amplify your sales process. everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur who's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, um, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And if you ever need any help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Now today we have a first, we've had um, in other episodes for the normal inventive journey, we've had or more than one people on, but I think this is a first episode for expert episodes that we have two people on. So uh, we have uh, McKenzie and Josh, uh, Josh or Joshua Jam- or Jamias, and they're going to be chatting about a, a variety of topics, but a lot of them include kind of, you know, how do you write content and connect and have that kind of strategy behind your content? We'll also talk a little bit about photography and how you actually capture that. Um, and then there'll also be a little bit maybe about uh, social media platforms, how you choose between parlor clubhouse or people leaving Facebook or not leaving Facebook and you know a lot of content creation for your business and how you choose what content to create and then kind of what uh, maybe rates for services if you're looking to have hire someone kind of what that might look like so we'll have a lot of good conversation and uh, and go through over that as a quick plug that their business is a Jemias creative just uh, in case you want to look them up so um, and with that welcome on the podcast uh, Mackenzie and Josh thanks for having us Devin so I gave kind of just a quick run through a bit of what we're going to chat about today or some of the areas of expertise. But before we dive into that, maybe if each one of you just want to take a minute or two, just uh, kind of give us a bit of uh, your background or why you're an expert on this uh, on this topic or why people should uh, listen to you and, and why you know what you're talking about. <laughs> because you could go first. I'll go first. Well, first of all, we're a husband and wife team. So we kind of get the luxury of working together and living <laughs> together too. Yeah. Um, but we own Jemias Creative together. We do social media marketing and content marketing for your business. We have been working together for about four years now. This is our fifth year in business. And um, we exclusively do social media and like the organic side content creation of social media, um, which we really love doing. So we kind of have complement skills. I'm the photographer and more of the visual person and Josh does the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I started freelance writing like in college and it kind of happened by accident. So uh, I, I literally, I was going through a public relations program and I was just reading up cause no one in my family was ever in marketing. Um, and so everything was like all new. And so I was just reading, like consuming anything I could and it was like, hey, public relations people know how to do social media. They know how to write. So I literally like created a website, put my first blog post, tweeted it on my brand new Twitter account that I only had for like a year. And uh, that's how I got my first freelance writing gig. 
like I remember sitting in the library and someone replying to my tweet and then from there it became social media social media marketing and fast forward a few years later and this is where we're at now so it's been a fun journey I, I think like what what keeps us in business really is like I, I've been realizing this a lot is a lot of like what we do for work isn't impossible it's not hard to learn um, but I just think there's some things that people would rather do than others same reason why we hire a tax accountant and a bookkeeper Mm -hmm. like could we not learn how to do that like is that impossible no it's not impossible but it's just like our, our natural interests and skill sets move us towards marketing and so that's where we're at and that's how we're able to be in business well, awesome well that's uh, definitely a, a fun uh, tag team and a great way to get into it so now jumping a bit into the expert uh, expert side of it and talking a little bit about content you know, maybe jumping into it first a little bit with you, Josh, and as you kind of, if I understand it, you guys, you are kind of on the content creation and uh, Mackenzie's on kind of the photography and making it look good, so to speak. And so yeah. we'll kind of uh, tag team back and forth a bit, but maybe on the first side of, you know, when you're looking at writing and content creation, kind of how do you develop a strategy and how do you know what content to create, what to write on, how to make it appealing and kind of how to make it so that it is worth, you know, it has that uh, return on investment, so to speak. Uh, th there's two questions that always come to mind. Um, and, and these are the two questions that I ask myself and I ask whoever we're working with is number one, which problems are businesses paying me to solve? And what are the most frequently asked questions I receive? And so if you can answer those two things, your content will always be on track with your brand. Um, and and I, I've noticed like when I, I saw a stat, something like uh, just under 50% of people who unfollow a brand is simply because a brand is not sharing content that's consistent with what they do and what they're known for. And so if you can keep on, you can keep focus on like, Hey, you know, people pay me because I'm really good at mowing lawns or people pay me because I can get them back after getting an injury and like they can start playing sports again. It's like, if you can answer those questions, then great. And then if you're like, okay, I, I feel um, like I've already covered a lot of the frequently asked questions, we'll go down that list of your top 10 most frequently asked questions, and then maybe identify the top three that you get asked the most often, and then go deeper and break those topic topics down even more. Okay. So that, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the direction we take. So you kind of start out first, let's generally answer each of the top 10 questions, kind of what are the ones that our clients are coming to you most of all, whatever your business is, and definitely tailoring it to what your business is or what those needs are. But then once you get those top 10 questions, you get an article written on each of them, then you start to branch out or expound on that and dive into some of the intricacies or some of the details or some or something along that lines. And that's a, a good way to start out with the strategy. Is that about right? Yes, yes, you got that. Yeah. So now, all right, that definitely makes sense. Now I'm going to switch gears and we'll probably go all over the place. And I think it's fun to have a couple different people. So let's say you write the world's best content, you know, just, you know, immaculate, worded perfectly. And, and it's, it's a, you know, a work of art, so to speak. And then how does photography play into that? I mean, so, you know, with you, Mackenzie, are you on the photography? Are you trying to match? Do you do more on the product images and kind of with the look and the feel and what they're trying to sell? Or is it more on images that match up with the content? So you kind of have both sides are doing appealing or kind of when you're looking into content strategy, how do you also make it visually appealing with the photography? Yeah, I mean, with social media, I feel like 
five years ago, like when we first started doing social media, I feel like it was content first and then you looked for photos after. And I feel like that shifted now to, you usually look for the visuals first and then you write the captions to go along with the visuals. And so, um, and a lot of social media photography is mostly lifestyle imagery. So it's a lot of getting, getting pictures of people using your product or in your business or just some sort of human element, even if it's like a product and you're just adding a hand holding the product. Mm -hmm. um, that's what people engage with the most on social media right now is the lifestyle images. And so one question on that and on, on the photography, and I think it overlays well with the content as well, because there is it is it important when, you know, whether it's whatever social media or, or you know, per, or sharing what your, your product is or trying to, you know, market it or so to speak, or, and get eye, eyeballs on it. Do you need to have the product in the picture or picture? I mean, I see, and I see it both. You see some that are just simply the product picture. You see some that are more lifestyle where you see the product somewhere in the picture. And then some, you see kind of pictures that represent the product, but aren't necessarily, the product's not necessarily in there, meaning, hey, this is a lifestyle brand, or maybe it's for backpacking or hiking. So you have the outdoors picture, but aren't necessarily the product. So how do you start to select kind of which products fit you or your brand or kind of which ones you should be using? Do you use a variety? Do you use a whole bunch? Do you use one? Kind of how do you start to, to figure out what is the imagery do you want to present? Yeah, I mean, it really just depends on the brand. Kind of like you mentioned, if it's an outdoor brand, you're going to get a lot more outdoor images, even if it's just like someone hiking and maybe you necessarily aren't even focusing on the product, but the actual like landscape um, versus if you're a, if you're a business, if you're like a restaurant and someone has to come into your restaurant to eat, you're always going to use images of your food or at your physical location. So yeah. it really just depends on the type of business you are and like what you as a brand are wanting to portray to other people. So now I'll ask a qu follow up question. How do you, let's say I don't know. I mean, in the sense that, Hey, I know what, I obviously know what my, my goods or services. I know what my product is, but I don't know what, what to represent to clients. I don't know what, you know, what will resonate. And I, Hey, I may have, as you mentioned, let's say I'm a restaurant or I'm a law firm or I'm an outdoors product or I'm a plumber. You know, I don't know what, I know what, my services are, but I don't necessarily know which or how I want to represent myself. How do you start to figure that out? Yeah. So, I mean, let's take like a law firm, for example, you have to think about like, okay, who's your customer? Like, I feel like you really go back to your demographics of your customer and think about what types of images that age group is looking for. If it's older people, you want older people in your images. If you're looking for younger people, you want all your images to exclusively have younger people in them because you want people to be able to see themselves in that photo. And so if you're like, if you're, if you're a law firm, you want people smiling when they're, you want people like working with you, you see their face smiling, they see your face smiling. Like it's, it's like capturing still images of you talking to clients um, kind of all of that, like walking through the process of what it would be like for a customer to work with you and capture those images of that process. Mm, that definitely makes sense. And I have a question for you, Josh, and just, and I do have one more question on the photography. So I don't want you to feel like I'm leaving you out of the conversation. So one more question on the photography end is, you know, there's a couple different ways you can get images. You can obviously go and take or photographs. You can actually do that. You can also get a lot of stock photos and a lot of, you know, and there's a lot of different services. 
any thoughts on whether you should be taking your own, you know, because I'll give you a couple thoughts on it and then I'll I'd definitely like to hear what you think. You know, stock photos, the problem with those is I, I tend to see a lot of the same stock photos used over and over. There's some very, there's ones that are popular across the internet and maybe there's a reason. Maybe they're, they're popular enough, they resonate that people are using them over and over or it could be that there's only so many good photos and they start to get worn out. So is there a benefit or is there a way to decide whether, hey, I should go get an account with Adobe stock or whichever one it is and use the stock photos versus, hey, we should take custom pictures and we should use our, you know, use ourselves or other people who work at the firm or do that. Any thoughts on the, or between those two? <laughs> you definitely have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like you said, like, I feel like people recognize like, oh, I've seen that photo before, like another brand. And so we do what we do so that like all of our clients do have their own custom imagery. And I do understand, I feel like if you don't have the budget for it, then stock images are great. Like if you are starting your business, if you can't afford to hire a photographer to capture like your business yet, stock images are a great way to start. But then I feel like to really grow following on social media or to really brand your company, then you really need your own custom images of your business. Mm, okay. No, I'd, I'd, I'd probably, it seems like there's a big mix. Sometimes you're able to use stock photos that just use that. But a lot of times there is that custom touch and feel that, Hey, if you're seeing the same images over and over, you're probably getting washed in with the rest of everybody and you're not really standing out. So I probably tend to side or agree with you on that one. Now, question now is maybe switching gears a bit to Josh is, you know, uh, there's a lot of different platforms that are coming up and available with content. And, you know, some of them are tried and true. Facebook's been out for a while. You have Instagram, you have, you know, Twitter and all those. And then you also have new and up, up and coming ones when varying degrees of success and different focuses, everything from Parler that's, you know, had a bit of controversy to Clubhouse that right now you can only do on the iPhone. So I blocked out because I have an Android. Oh, <laughs> you know. yeah all of those, but how do you start to figure out what content to put on what platform and how to use which platform and how do you choose which platform and kind of, cause there, it can be, especially the startup or small business, it can start to get overwhelming. And since there's a lot of platforms, all of them have a bit of a different focus. Twitter's not the same as Facebook's, not the same as Pinterest, not the same as Instagram, not the same as WhatsApp, not the same as Parler, not the same as Clubhouse and they're all different. So how do you, and you can't do them all, unless you're a huge company that has a huge, you know, marketing team, hard to do it all. And you may not have the return. So how do you even start to tackle which platforms to go after? It, it goes back to like asking the right questions, right? So I, I think the question for this situation of like, which social media platform should I use is uh, which, which networks or which platforms have the attention of my target audience? Mm-hmm. So, right, let so. Me, now let me ask a follow-up question. I'm sure you yeah. had an additional yeah. answer. Let's say I am a plumber because I'm trying to think of just something. That, I always use law firm, but I tried to expand out. But let's say you're a plumber. How do I know if Twitter's, I don't know, I, I, especially if you don't know who's where you market. I don't know if Twitter is a place for plumbers versus Facebook versus Instagram. Pinterest, maybe not because it's kind of more crafty. Clubhouse, I maybe not. Parlor, I have no idea. So how do you start <laughs> to figure that? I, I I would know as a plumber if I and I I'm not a plumber, but if I were to get into that, how I even start to kind of figure out where my audience is. So so okay, let's take the plumber case as an example, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so some things that you could assume as a plumber is chances are if someone's hiring you as a plumber, they're probably a homeowner or own some sort of property, 
mm-hmm. right? Whether it's commercial or uh, residential. So there's a few assumptions right there. And then you could probably also assume if you're a plumber that most people that are owning homes or owning properties are probably not 18 year olds, right? So then you cancel out TikTok. So you, you probably could still get some customers from TikTok because the, the user base is getting older as we speak, uh, moment by moment. But then you probably look, okay, like you said, Facebook's been around for a while. So Facebook would probably be a good place to start. In fact, uh, Facebook's like fastest growing demographic is 60 years plus. Um, so it's getting really old, which is why it gets pretty ornery pretty quick. Right. Like you look at all the posts and the arguments, it's like, like a lot of the arguments is like, well, this is how we did it back in my day. So, but you could also safely assume that like some of those people probably are homeowners as well um, because they probably bought their homes pre-recession and pre-COVID. So, so it's just like, yeah, trying to figure out like, so, so like if you know your industry pretty well, then you can probably safely make assumptions um, as to where they're hanging out. So now I'm, I'm going to ask probably the hard question. I don't even know if there's an answer to it. If you were to kind of rapid fire, say kind of, if you were to have, if you were to have to, and I'm boxing in because you have to, but to, or choose the top demographics or kind of the focus of each of the different platforms. And you have everything, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, generally, and I know it's a general question, but kind of yeah. what demographics are on the different plat are all the various platforms. I think, uh, Okay, let's go to Clubhouse because you brought that up a few times. So I spent like a lot of hours on Clubhouse the other week, just mm-hmm. kind of listening and jumping from room to room. I'd say Clubhouse, you could safely assume the bulk of them are millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, people that just like want their voice heard. They're tired of all the, the imagery mm-hmm. and they just want to talk, <laughs> right? Um, Twitter, I think it would be safe to assume that you got anywhere from younger millennials to probably Gen X, not so many boomers. Um, usually they're like more tech focused, but they're not as focused on like video or pictures a ton. Uh, mostly like quick news blurbs, like Twitter is still one of the best platforms for finding real time updates. Um, Facebook, I mean, Facebook obviously started off with a whole nother intention from what it is now. Um, Facebook is like, you definitely have a lot more boomers, a lot more people that are older than boomers if they're still around. Um, less it, it's pretty tech friendly from what it is you still got millennials but gen z is not really touching it um, and then instagram probably has majority millennial parents and uh some gen z so and then tiktok i don't know if i already covered it but yeah tiktok's definitely has the highest attention when it comes to gen z um and so, then you and can't I'll, oh, go ahead as well so twitch twitch is probably its own thing too mm. um but yeah that's kind of the breakdown of the most common ones we get asked about. All right. No, that, that, that's a, a helpful breakdown. Okay. Oh, Pinterest is really awesome too. Pinterest is mostly women. Um, Pinterest, like I think more than 70% of their users make over 200K a, a year um, in terms of household income. And so if, if you're selling consumer goods, Pinterest is probably the place to be because you don't use Pinterest if you're not going to buy something. 
Interesting. All right. Hey, I'm learning lots of plenty or plenty of fun things. Now, one of the, or a couple of other questions to kind of follow up on that, you know, yeah. you have some platforms that are just kind of stay out of the news. They just chug along and then you have other ones that are more controversial and I'll use parlor as an example, just because that one was a more recent one. And I'm sure there are other ones and Facebook had their issues for a while with privacy and other ones is if you're, but if you're looking at, should you, stay away from controversial platforms if they are in the news or controversy should you not you know don't want to be associated with them do people care or kind of any thoughts on if you're i guess two questions one if they're controversial or two if they're up and coming should you stay away from controversial ones should you dive in and then the same thing on if they're new and up and coming and you don't know who the users are should you hurry and jump because i mean clubhouse is one that you know I, and i keep bringing that one up just because it's an easy one as an example that was a fairly new one it's still kind of figuring out what it is but you know you're trying to figure out who's on there and so how do you one deal with controversies and how, how do you deal with new platforms i mean i'm, I'm gonna jump in here i would I would first join as an individual user and check out what's going on. So I wouldn't automatically jump to like having your business go on a brand new platform. But for us ourselves, like once we heard of TikTok, we both downloaded it and we both just started using it, started watching videos. We started and, creating our own content before yeah. recommending it to any of our clients. Yeah, because you have to understand what types of content is on it and who is on it. And the only way you're really going to know is if you get on yourself. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I would highly recommend testing it out from personal usage. Um, but in terms of like, I like I mentioned earlier, it's like I, I have a public relations background. And like when it comes to controversy, I, I think the question you got to ask yourself there is like, are you prepared to deal with any potential fallout that could be tied to your brand? Mm. Um, and, and I think like a lot of people forget that like, it's easy to be a keyboard warrior, right? Um, <laughs> sure. And it's like, it's like, I, I love martial arts. Like I love fighting. Like it's something that I've picked up in the last few years. And it's funny because like, I, I talk to my wife about this all the time. Like people who can actually fight are some of the nicest people, both online and in person. And so I, I think a lot of people that are, I, I, I think at, at the end of the day, the sad thing is there are people that are hurting that are online. There are people that are wanting to fight, but in a virtual sense, right? Like they couldn't actually back it up if you called them out in person. Um, but as a brand, you have to kind of protect your brand in that sense of like, Hey, this is what pays my bills. This is what feeds my family. So if I'm not prepared to handle any of the mess that could potentially come out from this, then I should just step away and not be associated with that. Hmm. No, I think that makes sense. That kind of dovetails with my next question was going to be, you know, you see some brands that are very outspoken on certain issues and whatever it is and and they both sides the aisle politics not politics everything else but they have a very firm stand is that good and for brands is it bad you know because you know sometimes it can alienate people but it can also endear people to you right and in the sense you take a stand you may and get a lot of people there yay they're cheering on the, you know whatever the the topic is that i really am passionate about and i become endeared to the brand but on the same flip side you can also alienate the people that don't agree with you on that topic so how do you tackle that as a brand and to your point should you always just easier to stay away or should on for some issues do you take that as is hey we can now focus our brand and really garner that audience that would support us so any thoughts on that i know you have thoughts on that (laughs) (laughs) i mean it comes down to your company values and and a lot of time that ends up just being who's the owner's values right um because at the end of the day the owner kind of has a say on topics like that 
And so we've had some clients that like to talk about those issues and we've had others that do not mention it at all. Um, so, so yeah, I don't necessarily think it's good or bad to do that. I think it really is just like, you just got to be prepared for whatever happens yeah. because of whatever stance you take. So th that's probably our recommendation. And it's like, we'll, we'll coach clients on that and, and like how to deal with that, how to respond to comments, how to respond to direct messages. Um, Cause yeah, it's like, there are certain topics that are just fire topics. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. people will literally fight <laughs> for every inch <laughs> online, their virtual space. <laughs> and to me, that's really funny in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's like, like Mackenzie said, like, if these are your values and this is what you're willing to stand by, um, no matter what the cost, then, hey, go do it. Um, but just know that there's a bunch of other things that could lead mm -hmm. to that. And so just being prepared, whether it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. No, it definitely makes sense. So, well, I'm going to slightly switch topics and, and still along these same lines. But, you know, a lot of the question. A lot of questions that I get from startups and small businesses, and I've had myself as well, is there is a wide variety on both photography, content creation, social media marketing, kind of all that. There's people that have started their firm yesterday, and there's people that have 20 years experience. There are people that will charge an exorbitant rate. People will charge, you know, very minimal rates. And, you know, it's, it's hard to figure out, especially if you don't, you know, start up a small business, who you should go with, what rates to expect, what rates or services you should get. How do you start to even tackle, you know, should, and, and then, then there's always a question you get part of startups. Hey, should you DIY it and do it myself because I can't afford it. And I think you guys touched on that a bit, but maybe focusing more on if I'm saying, okay, I've grown to the size that I, I'm looking to hire someone or whether it's in bringing someone in house, having an outside agency or anything else, how do I sift through all of that because there's a lot of different competition a lot of different good ones bad ones expensive ones cheap ones any thoughts on, on any of that uh yeah there, so we we work with like i guess to give uh, the listeners some context of like what types of businesses we work with so like we have clients where like they want us to fully manage all of their social media channels whatever it might be on so that could be anywhere from a thousand to five thousand dollars a month um, we have some clients where it's like they're literally just getting started. They only have a budget for just content creation. And so we literally create their content a month at a time, hand it over to them, train them on how to post everything um, so, and help them with best practices. And then we also do some consulting where it's like, okay, I can't afford the content creation. I can't afford the management, but I can afford like to give you some, to get some advice from you where you check in with us a couple times a month. Um, a lot of that comes down to like, okay, like, yeah, what are you not good at that you're willing to pay for? Um, which things would actually help you save time, which things stress you out? Because like we have, like, there's one client that I can think of right off the top of our head and, and they provide experiences um, for their, their guests. And it's like this client, the, the owner has her own team that handles all of the reputation management. Um, any of the comments, the messages, complaints, good reviews, bad reviews. And it's like, we don't have to touch anything because it's like her, her team is so well trained in that sense. Um, but then like, they just like, they're besides themselves when it comes to, oh, we need to take pictures of this. Oh, we need to write posts. Oh, we need to make things. Um, we need to schedule out things ahead of time. Uh, did I miss anything? 
No, yeah, it really is just like, what do you, what do, what are you willing to do, and what are you not willing to do? So a lot of people just need help learning about social media to begin with. Some people just need the content help. Other people need the full management help. So it's it's kind of like, what can you afford? Because our content packages, like when we're just creating content, are usually just a few hundred dollars a month. And so that's a lot easier for people for, that are just starting to handle than like a full service management. Yeah. If, if you have like any listeners right now that are like, Hey, I'm, I am in a spot where I'm thinking about hiring an agency. Um, some of the questions you should ask are, Hey, Mr. Agency or Mrs. Agency person or Miss Agency person, whatever, like agency owner, do you create the content or do I have to create the content and give it to you? Do yeah. you handle the, the reviews, whether they're good and bad, or do I have to do that? Do I have to organize photo shoots or do you come in and do that? Or do I send you the product and you take it? So just kind of asking those questions and working through that, because there are some social media agencies where they literally just expect you as a business owner to provide them with everything. And then all they do is click and post. And if that's your thing, then great. Right. But if you don't have time or the bandwidth or the mental energy to do any of that, then make sure that the agency you're hiring actually provides those services. No, I think that that's definitely makes sense. And it's great advice. Well, now as we're wrapping up towards the end of the podcast, and there's always so many more topics, I wish we had time to <laughs> chat on that we never do. Um, but if we, I always ask one question, at the end of each expert episode, so we'll jump to those, that one now. And the question is, if, if you could, if you're talking to a startup or a small business, someone that's just thinking about getting into social media and marketing and content and photography and all of the above, and you could give them just one thing, one thing that they get, could, could get started on today that would help them to get down the road, what would be that one thing? I think get your website up and figure out your sales process. Because um, I, I think that's been the hardest, hardest businesses to work with is when they don't have a clear sales process. So we can get you all the web traffic you need and want, right? Like we can set up ads, we can do everything organically that we know how, but if you don't have a way to close, um, then it's all for naught. So figure out your sales process, figure out how, to, how you close people, um, figure out like, yeah, like what you actually need to do to increase revenue. And then it's like the most agency owners that, um, that are good at what they do will help you figure out those channels to amplify your sales process. So that, that's really, I don't know, that's, that's probably the biggest piece of advice I'd give. No, and I think that's, that's a fair point. I mean, and that's one of the things that I had to, to learn with, you know, doing a few different businesses, especially as we got online, is you can have the world's prettiest website. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have a very nice and professional looking website, but if you don't have that sales process of how you're actually going to convert people or move them forward in the funnel, then a great looking website isn't going to give you that return. And so why you need both, you can't just simply say, oh, if we put a nice website, that's all we need. It needs to be that, <laughs> as you mentioned, that sales process behind it. Definitely. Well, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a client, a customer, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out, find out more? Uh, just go to our website, jamiascreative.com, J-A-M-I-A-S, creative.com. Uh, it has our contact information. And, and the thing is, if you're shy, if you're a shy person, you're like, okay, I'm not quite ready to reach out to Josh and McKenzie. We have a blog. You can definitely consume all the blog content you want. 
Um, if you're like, okay, like these guys sound okay, but we don't know exactly how they think or if they're going to explain things in a way that that we would we would get it. Yeah, just read our blog. That's probably <laughs> that's probably the best way to get to know us better without having to actually talk to us if you don't want to talk to us, but you want to learn more. <laughs> awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to check out the blog. It sounds like a great source of information, as well as, you know, if they're, if they're looking to engage or otherwise uh, or get into the this uh, social media realm and, uh, and up their game a bit, definitely encourage them to reach out to you. Well, thank you again, uh, Mackenzie and Josh, for coming on. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and, or, and your own or your own or your own expertise to share, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Uh, also a couple more things as listener one in your podcast player make sure to click subscribe so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out and two um, leave us a review so new people can find out about us last but not least if you ever need help with your patents trademarks or anything else just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help thank you again guys and uh, wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last Mm -hmm.